Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companion. What are you laughing at? I was just chuckling. I I like being here. It's It's great to see you this morning. Aaron Hapgood, one of Victoria's premier anglers. How are you, Redmond? Morning, Pat. How are you? You uh, good? I'm excellent. You know, you know, you know why you should be good, right? Because if you've been uh, interested in trout fishing and following, uh, yes, I have been because fishing interested. around the Goulburn Fisheries Victus releasing uh, trophy sized fish. It has been extraordinary. Well, I'm going to say Facebook has, has lit up. I'm going to say it's been a massive success because how many people were lined up along the. Uh, Foreshore along the whole river from it's all Ilden, isn't it? it's around that Ilden area, Ilden yeah, to yep. the Goulburn, it's all that area. So, everywhere you look on Facebook, and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash real adventure show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. It is just lit up with 10 pound rainbow, bigger, trout. some bigger, six, five, six kilos, some of them. It's just extraordinary. Um, I've well, got a little bit of an early gaff though, Redmond, right? Go on, throw it. I, I. I don't like the fact that people are keeping them. Sure. Because once you release them, or, you know, Fisheries Vic release them, great. Everyone gets excited. We go fish for them, we catch them, yep. we kill them, and then they're gone. So you're thinking, like, I can make it a all-year-round sort of fishery? Well, I would love it if, like, they're not... I just don't like eating rainbow trout. They're, they're okay. Well, I, I There's spoke- better fish out there. Like, well, what if we just released them? Imagine how just constantly, all year round, those fisheries, how yep. great they'd be. I just reckon there's better eating fish there. And rainbow trout. And with how much fun they are to catch, let's eat something else. I spoke to um, Paul, actually, uh, Worsen gave me a call last week and said, oh, do you want to head down during the week? And I said, oh, just for a fish. I said, oh, yeah, I'll come down. And I, in the end, I, I couldn't have had a few other things on. But he was purposely going up there to catch a couple to bring back for the smoker. Oh, people love the smoking. I'm it. just giving my personal yeah, yeah, opinion. Yeah, you're not a huge fan of eating. No, it. but people love them. So you reckon if we do the release, we can catch them all year round in the streams and rivers? Well, it's it costs a huge amount to do. Yeah. And obviously... It would, yeah. Um, you know, that's our taxpayer dollars. That's what... The licensing. Know, our licensing fees, you know, go to. Um, and it's about, a, you know, it's part of Target 1 million and so on. And, and every state does it differently in terms of how they... Some better um, than others. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of how they try and engage the public. But I don't know. I would just like it if um, there was a more um, sustainable view to let's try and have this all year round because they're just incredible fish. Well, here's a couple of questions for you. Now, I've seen a fair bit of negativity about it on social media. 
You've seen um, negative comments on social media. Lots and lots. That, that, that shocks me. I've, I've never seen it. It's the first time I've ever seen any negative comment on social media. That wasn't about me. <laughs> or you. <laughs> Between the two of us, we go all right, don't we? There's plenty of hate. Oh, God, we're doing something right. What, um, tell me. What, yeah, so Nick, basically... What could you possibly complain about? Well, people are, are saying... The fish are too big. No, they're saying that they're making trout fishing basically a farmed fishery that shouldn't be done. Well, you're missing the point. I, I, I don't... I'm not, it's not me saying it. It's them. Yeah, but I'm saying... Well, you're, they are missing the point. Yep. Because the point is... It's about getting people into fishing. Yep, That's I what Target One Million stands for. And when you see on Facebook um, all these people, these young kids catching incredible sized fish, and how um, and how easy it can be at times, it's still challenging. You still got to catch. You still got to do it. Yeah. Um, the purpose is to for little Johnny and little Sarah to see it and go, "Wow, mum and dad, let's go do that." And have more people doing it. So you're missing the point. But, and that will bring the bring the love to fishing and create those little takers to then go out and actually want to find these um, wild trout in anywhere around the country, if not New Zealand, the world. Spot so I, I think it's a fantastic thing. Um, I think Fisheries Victoria, what they do for, for us anglers is... Do we, I'm going to call it the it's Fisheries Vic are probably the number one in the country, would you say, Pat? There's no doubt they're leading the They're leading the, yeah. Yep, they're leading it. And they just... Uh, and, I don't know. It's just I think it's awesome. And New South Wales have probably got good opportunities for it with yep. the with the inland river systems that they've got. There are less opportunities in in other states. I, I love what um, the NT does with um, the million dollar the barra stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now they were they were smashed last year, early this year and last year with just the the weather in terms of when they had the barracoms. That million-dollar barra is going to be like 205 kilo because <laughs> no one can catch it. So they were, they were smashed by the weather. So that, that part's different. Um, you know, northern Queensland, um, you don't have those enormously accessible inland yep. um, river systems. So it is different in every state, um, but they do, uh, no doubt, a wonderful job. Um, Redmond, yes, your week in fishing. Let's get into it because we started the, off a bit blowy as the has <laughs> been. As the weather warms up, we're starting to see more boats and more people chasing snapper, whiting, and gumbos, which has been your target this week. Yeah, so this week Monday was a nearly a, was a blowout. I think it was forty odd knots um, on Monday. Then it cleaned up a fair bit. It cleaned up a fair bit um, coming into the end of the week. Uh, I had a few talks during the week, and um, we had a big salt guy talk on the Wednesday night, night talking all things snapper. That was great. It was a good night. We had massive numbers. Um, it's just good to meet all the members of Salt Guy, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it's not, it's so much, it's hopefully they get something out of it as well, but it's to show our faces, who we are, this is what you're watching, this is us. Yeah. And that's what we, like, it's the passion of fishing that we all have. So it's good to share the nights with them, talk a few stories. A couple of stories I don't really want to hear, to be honest. No, <laughs> but no, it's good, it's a good night. Um, but I had a couple more at the Leopold Angling Club, um, which was good as well. So, um, it was a little bit harder for me to, I would have actually preferably, preferably I would have liked to have gone to Portland and chased the Barrel Bluefin. Because they are, which which while, oh, we're, while we're on it, is next beyond. People are hooking eight of them a day. It is extraordinary at the moment, and they're all hundred plus. They're all hundred to hundred fifty kilo. We spoke to Chris Vasilevsky a month ago, and he spoke about packing up the boat and heading back up. Yep. Uh, um, you know, now he's operating out of Queenscliff. We'll turn the boat around, Chris. Huh? Because <laughs> it, they are everywhere. After his drive back from Portland, I don't think he'll turn his boat around. He didn't like <laughs> it was southeasterly. We copped it the whole way back to poor bloke, but um. I'm talking school bluefin. If you and I head out for school bluefin off Portland, I, I would like to say we're going to have a fair, fairly good day and get our bag of fish. 
I'm not joking. If you didn't take you an hour to three hours to bring these fish in, you could catch 15 of these things in a day. So if you are one, if you do, it's like farm trouts. That's how many are there. <laughs> so if you do want to target nah, a... Um, nah, the social media haters. Are gonna, nah, Portland's no good because it's too easy to catch. Too, well, no, but you know what? Everyone that goes, no, I used to catch them 10 years ago. I'm not worrying about them now. They're too easy to catch. That's, I'm not talking about that now. Let's go to the next one. But Can these barrel- the dickhead dick on a Saturday morning? I'm going. I'm just going to leave it. Let's just leave a second pause for Brooksy to cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But these tuna are a second to none. They are everywhere, and from Port McDonald in the just over the border, right through to Portland, which is awesome to see. They're eating your normal lures. Don't complicate it. Put a red bait. Put an evil angel out, which is your slimy mackerel. Put just a few different bait uh, lures out. Um, Don't be afraid to cast a couple of stick baits if you want to have a bit of fun. If you have landed one, go cast a stick bait. Drop a live in, which we spoke about last week. The fishing is out of control. It is. That's where I would have liked to have been, but I got stuck in, not stuck, yeah, stuck in Port Phillip Bay on the whiting. I had a full moon, which makes it harder, but I still caught fish, which was good. Wasn't as good as last week. Um, gum, gumbo's offshore, Pat. They are just... They're, oh, they're every day of the year, they are. They don't stop. They're in such good numbers. The ground that you're targeting to hit gummy sharks at the moment. Yeah, so I'm just fishing that normal um, normal uh, reefy le- edge to where the sand meets, I guess. So a lot of it's that... I'll make it pretty simple. Between 28 and 32 metres, um, our major reef structure in, pretty much from Polo Bay right down to um, oh, past... Um, Westernport is roughly in that 30 metre line, 30 metres of line. Then we go to nothing. It's something that we're a little bit unlucky with um, down here. Um, but basically, just find that edge and you're just fishing along the edge with wrasse, salmon, pike, whatever bait. They'll, they're, 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 pretty, they're pretty hungry when they're there, the gummies. And like I always say with them, you're not often going to catch one or ze- one. You're either going to catch zero or three, four, five. They're pack hunters. They come in. They eat the, the ras chunk, they eat the salmon chunk, whatever they want to eat, and you're going to have a ball uh, fighting them because they fight really, really well. So they, um, they, um, they, yeah, they're they're a great fish to catch. Redmond uh, Shimano during the week or yep. over the last few weeks, they've released uh, their new Speedmaster LD, which is a multi-purpose sort of compact castable lever drag overhead. What wheel. you just said then has just sold me on it. The lever drag. Well, because previously. Go on. A lot of their drills have been, for jigging style, have been not lever drag. It's been, what do you, would you call it, the dial-up one? Yeah. Because yeah. that we'd call it. Um, the dial-up twist, twist, which that there, when you're live baiting for a kingfish, or if you're jigging, you want to, when it hits, set the hook and come back off it, that there is, so just is sold me. Talking Shimano's uh, Speedmaster LD. So... Um, Price-wise, you're looking at about four hundred bucks. Yep, um, and it's a, I know it's a reel that you wanted to bring up specifically because of the the uh, the species that we're going to see over the next few months, but also off the back end of um, of the school tuna down at Portland, it's a reel that would be comfortably um, good enough to to tackle those redmond. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now, just thinking that's the best thing I've seen in a long time because um, I've just got a heap of new uh, rods from Frogs Offshore and I actually got um, got you one too, a nice uh, extractor nice, and you? nice jigging rod. Um, they're they're an awesome rod and I've just I've been contemplating different reels to put on it and that there's basically straight up sold me on it because having that lever drag, like I said before, to it's 18 kilos of drag this reel holds yeah. and to be able to 
able to control your drag pressure. Now, a couple of little tips you can use um, when you do have reels like this, and even Tiagra's, is you can actually you can set your drag pressure um, on a lot of these reels. And if you just put like a um, a bit of paper over the um, over over or over a bit of a sticky tape. You don't have to do it every time you go out, but if you want to know where your drag's at, next to the lever, where the lever is and how much drag you've got, that way if you want to come back from 12 kilo to 8 kilo, you know exactly where to push it. You're not guessing like you do most of the time. So that's a little tip too when you are running these um, lever drags. But something incredible, extraordinary that happened during the week. Um, so for more information on uh, Shimano Speedmaster, yep. uh, au. Sorry, go on. No, nope, that's all right. That's, um, I thought this was incredible during the week, and it's not something that we've seen before, I don't think, which a leopard seal down at Cape Bridgewater, um, down off Portland. And George I think and he's I, following the bluefin tuna. George and I have been watching a bit of uh, Happy Feet, <laughs> and uh, the leopard seal is, of course, a very dangerous seal that, uh, appears in happy feet and they're actually bloody dangerous so don't go this is what I was going to say mate this is the, the, the caption I'm going to read it straight off um, today we've had something quite unusual come ashore a leopard seal make no mistake this is not the cute and relatively harmless seals we are used to so we're used to our southern fur seal which is quite friendly don't get me wrong when you're walking up with a bluefin tuna at Portland ramp it tries to get you but that's alright these one the thing is those ones can't catch you they don't catch you these leopard seals are faster than what we are on land, not in the water, on land. So they've got a border around it at the moment from where it's sunbaking. Um, it's around 30-odd metres. Let's stay safe. Let's go back to 50 a bit. Take your photos, whatever you want to do. Bearing in mind, they can move. This so. thing, he will outrun you. If he gets the energy, he will seriously beat anyone, even you, and you'll go pretty quick. So you no fend-off is going to stop this one, Patrick, because he's got teeth too, and he probably weighs triple your weight. So be seriously careful, but I think it's um, – I seriously think it's – I think it's awesome to see – I don't know why it's here. It could be sick or whatnot, but that's, that's pretty cool. I remember when I was in um – playing in, in, in South Australia and there was a um, a billfish that had washed up on the beach and obviously just got lost in the currents, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I remember you said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, heading, uh, I don't know, maybe down to Tassie, but it got caught in uh, caught in SA. So one of those things, Redmond. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say here, it says in the article too, to keep your dogs clear from it, like don't walk your dogs, it's a dog beach. Well, I've got a challenge for my great Dane Hunter. <laughs> What do you reckon? <laughs> Massive show of Real Adventures coming up. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures show to join in the conversation. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud and created to conquer. Yes, now it's time for the Social Club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres, what are you building for? And Benny Goodwin sent us a question in uh, Redmond. As the water gets warmer, Red, do you have any tips where I can chase bigger flathead through Port Phillip Bay? Bigger flatties yeah, this on is, the menu. This is something that I do um, quite often. It's uh, They're so tasty, Pat. The flathead, if, I'm calling it they're probably the nicest seafood in the sea. Them and calamari. I agree. It's like... People talk about barramundi, and I like barramundi, but flathead, just flatty tails, just beautiful. perfect. Um, so, water temperature comes up. Um, our whiting fishery is going to increase a fair bit, and how I target whiting is with a burly pot down to the bottom. Now, naturally, this is going to happen. If you're whiting fishing, you're going to end up catching a lot of these blue spots 
leading up from now till February. Um, what happens is you put the burly down and the blue spot flathead in Portfolio Bay react to that burly um, very quickly and they come in and you can catch 10, 12, 15 of them in a very short amount of time. Uh, they can take over the whiting at times, but quite often you'll get 10 or 12 of them and they'll stop. So don't move. Don't move spots. If you want to get your whiting, get your feet of them. Um, but if you fish those whiting grounds and just move to the sand a little bit more, um, you're going to catch. You're going to find that this is where they. This is where they're sitting. This is where they're living. So just get on the sand. You're going to catch more of them. Another very good way to do it is we've got a place in Port Phillip Bay called Mud Island. A little bit of it's a marine park. So get out of the marine park. Look at your maps. You check can, your navigation yeah, check your nav. Stats. And yep. also the the great app that fish big fish have. You can hit. Um, Am I marine park on there? And it basically tells you where you are on the map and it says if you are or not. Um, so. It's all sand flats out there, Pat. So if you anchor up on that sand flat and burly, these flathead will also come to you. Also, another good way is drifting those sand flats, casting soft plastics. If you want to get 50 to 80 centimeter flathead, casting soft plastics. Um, I like to use anything with a tail as such. So your atomic, um, your atomic grubs, anything with a nice big tail, casting that out and just drifting while you're drifting it along, casting up the tide, bouncing it back down with you is also going to see you catch, um, Really good size flathead. Um, don't forget. I know he's mentioned Portfolio Bay here, but don't don't forget outside of Sorrento, um, and even Barwon Heads, drifting to that thirty-five to fifty meters of water, you find the sand out there as well. There's plenty of uh, sand flatties out there as well. If you go a bit deeper, you hit a, hit a patch of tiger flathead, and they are really tasty fish too. Same 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 meat flathead, but they work really well as well. So a couple of little tips there that's going to get you a few more flathead in the next month or so. Harry Jones, Red, I always watch your Instagram stories of you eating calamari. How do you get them to come out so soft and not overcooked? Can be a bit of a challenge because people overcook them all the time. Yep. Now It's a quick cookery. We're just about to come into squid season and I'll start looking for eggs now because they are there. They're yep. gonna, they are there. Um, I'm going to start catching those calamari that are between one to three kilo, four kilo even. They're massive. Them ones, I try and stand clear away to eat. Uh, stay clear to eat because they're harder to cook through because they're so thick. That's my first tip. If you are going to cook those big ones, um, the best thing to do is put them in milk for a period of time. So soak them in milk and it bra- it, it breaks down the um oh, I've, I've forgotten the word but it breaks down the um the the outside layer of the squid which is actually the tough part. It breaks it down and it'll actually be soft. You can't really overcook it as such. Yep. But a quick fix to work on those bigger squid or even normal squid to tenderize. You have to keep an eye on this, otherwise you'll end up with a paste. Is kiwi fruit? Really? Kiwi fruit. Twenty minutes. Watch it. 20 minutes, depends how much kiwi fruit you put in. You're going to have to play around with it yourself to get it right. That's another good way to tenderize your squid. How I do it is I cook the small squid, Pat. All those small squid you see me catch, they're the ones I eat. They're the, one, the other ones go to snapper baits and gummy baits offshore. So I cut them in. I First, I slice them. I score them down the sides. And then I get my pan as hot as I could possibly get it. Now, it's smoking. Yep. And then... I drop the squid in, but don't put too many calamari pieces into the pan because that takes the heat away from each bit of squid. Yep. So don't put too much in. Let it cook through for a minute or so. Not long at all. But the secret is if you go to Safeway into the um, crumbing aisle or the, the flour aisle, there's these green packets and it's salt and pepper calamari. You put them on it, half the packet with a handful of squid or like you, whatever you're going to eat for the night. And that there, you don't have to do anything and it tastes unreal. So... Last one, Riley Evans, Red, you always talk about snapper offshore as a bycatch yep. when gummy fishing in danger. I know you love your casting and jigging. What size micro jigs 
do you use while Red puts his stinky baits out for gumbos to land a few in between? Well, it depends. We've sort of changed it up, haven't we? Depending yeah. on the, the depths that we've been fishing in, the current that and we've the been tide. That's in. I think the biggest factor with your weights, your tide. Yeah, because I, I know we're in the bay, we've gone as light as 30 grams yep. when there's not much movement, but when we've gone deeper... Well, I had 60 or 80 grams 70 out. 70 to 120 mm. at times. Um, obviously, once the, the kingies start to come in, pushing 120, yep. especially in the bite. So it just depends. Um, one of the other things that I, I like using is the um, the octajigs. Offshore. They've been no good in the bay, unfortunately. Yeah, and and good flathead. Um, No good in the bay, which has been unusual every time we go in. I'll tell you right now, fishing for, casting for fish in the bay is hard. Yeah. Um, And I know people go out and do it, and they have, some people have great success, but it's just, it's not something that it's super easy. But we go off mogs and. Yeah, you cast them and you get as many as you want. (laughs) Yeah. But those pinkies, like you said, as long as you're holding, the fish are living, say you're in 30 meters, they're in that bottom 10 meters, 8 meters. Closer to the bottom. If not, you want to just have your jig down the bottom, don't you? Really, as long as that's where they live. So common sense. Whatever you need, sixty to eighty gram jigs will get you down pretty good, guaranteed. But don't. If you can get down lighter, always come lighter because they'll flutter a little bit nicer. Yeah. And there's, there's a purpose for them, isn't there? It's Their purpose is to fishing. flutter. Yeah. If you've got a heavy jig, it's not going to flutter as good without tide. If you have a lighter jig with no tide, it's going to flutter better. So just common sense when you're fishing. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and as well as Twitter and Instagram at Real Adventures underscore. Stop making funny faces. <laughs> this is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. It's time for All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. Our special guest this morning is Coleman medalist, All-Australian and all-around good guy, the outdoor athlete, Jeremy Cameron. Good morning, Jez. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, We've been trying to get him on for the past couple of weeks. A bit hard with uh, footy, Patrick, with your schedule and his? No, it's actually a bit hard because Jezza actually <laughs> doesn't spend a huge amount of time playing footy. He spends more time on the boat than what you do. I actually I actually hit him up about that uh, a little while ago, didn't I, Jez? asked, how do you have actually as much time as you do to fish? So, how do you, Jez? Yeah, yeah well, um, I was pretty tired in my footy schedule but um, as soon as I'm out in club doors I'm straight onto the boat and normally there's um, five or six guys willing to come along as well um, and it's, and it's the, line, the list um, is getting longer and longer so is it, I've even got coaches wanting to come out now so um, yeah basically <laughs> love getting out there and it's so easy the boat ramps right next to my house which makes it um, you know very very easy we, uh, we caught up last week, Jezza, at uh, the All-Australian Function Redmond, and there is a little bit of a bone of contention around your boat and where it's stored, Jezza. Yep. And the hugs and stored, kisses, um, the fact that it is in the driveway yeah. and sort of you chose the house because of the driveway and where you could store a boat rather than... <laughs> <laughs> rather yeah, than she, um, she definitely wanted to um, move over east and closer to the beach, um, but I had to... You know, I, I knew the boat was coming well before she did. So, um, you know, I had to, had to pick a nice big wide driveway and, um, you know, stuff so to store it there and not have to keep it on the water. So, finally got it passed, which is good. That's a man with his priorities in the right order, Redmond. I, I like it. I don't think there's anything better. Now, let's talk the boat, Jezza. Um, the yellow fin, you've had it for a while now. Um, can you give us a bit of a review on it, what you've liked about it? Uh, it's obviously got the big yammy on the back um, and things that you'd change in it or you're pretty content with what you've got? 
Yeah, I um, I'm pretty pretty happy with um, you know, what I've got. Um, but yeah, obviously the the Yami two two five on the back and I love that. I sort of my last boat had a Yami on it as well and I I wanted to stick with them and um, the boat, you know, there's lots of storage on the boat. It's quite quite big. I wasn't my old man um, had a six point five meter and um, I just went up to the seven and for a bit more space and I you know, like have it like taking the boys out and, and mucking around so um, yeah, if it's, you know, three, four comfortably, um, and we sort of switch off places and stuff off it all the time. So plenty of casting room and, um, storage, like I said. So very happy with it and, um, haven't been offshore a lot in it. So can't really comment too much on that just yet. Um, you obviously, like you said, the plastics is a, a big part of your game with, uh, with fishing. Um, Sydney Harbour, it's one of a kind, isn't it? I'm tipping you do most of your fishing through that area. You catch everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah if, I've, if I've only got a couple of hours, I always just stick to Sydney Harbour and, and um, inside the um, harbour and up the Parramatta River, which is uh, basically well, you know, where my house is, and it's very easy. And um, yeah, we just take out the soft plastics and um, soft fives and that sort of thing, and and catch a lot of bream right up to Mulloway, and um, even right through winter, we get a lot of kingfish way up the river, which is um, always exciting. Uh, Jez, now the Yamaha two two five on the uh, two two five. You said was it the two two five Yamaha yeah, on the back? Yep. Um, you racking up a few hours on it now. Would you <laughs> using your fuel consumption around the harbour? You're obviously not going to sit at sitting at massive revs. What's it like on on the fuel? Because it is a big engine for for an aluminium boat. Like that's a quite a big engine. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's the biggest twin tracks make. Um, will we'll, um, yeah, put on the back of their boat, so the seven metre. Um, but, yeah, I um, you know, in the harbour, it's, it's very uh, fuel efficient. Obviously, I'm not flying around unless I say a few bus stops or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's quite good. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully taking it up north and doing some trips around Fraser Island um, in the up- upcoming off-season. So I'll, I'll probably get a bit more of an idea then, but almost up to three hours now on the motor. Three hours, that would have been done yesterday. Um, tran- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Transducer-wise, um, transducer uh, or electronics, I should say, uh, what are you running in it? Yeah, I've got the Simrad. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I sort of was umming and ahhing um, with what I was going to get there, and um, I ended up on the Simrad. And, um, you know, I sort of, at the start, it was, you know, it was a bit, bit complicated but with all these things once you get to know your sounder um, it helps so much and um, you know having side scan and, and stuff like that in the rivers yeah, you, you have your fishing spots um, but some days I mean you know if it's, if it's not really working in your normal spots you sort of go for a bit of a look and you find your fishing spots which is always fun but yeah I've um, run the thing right in my, um, in my boat. Talking with Coleman Medal winner and GWS forward Jeremy Cameron. Jez one of the unique uh, features of the yellowfin is obviously its storage uh, for tackle at the, the the stern of the boat. It's the biggest storage um, locker by a um, country mile compared to any other of its competitors. How have you found it? Does it get in the way of fishing? Because um, for storage, nothing beats it. Yeah, yeah, nah. It's it's um, you know, I was to be honest when I was ordering the boat, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to add it, um, but I ended up. Yeah, adding it in, and I um, yeah, I'm glad I did because you know you can fit so much in the in the storage board, um, and it's and it's well out of the way. 
Um, and, and, and a lot of the stuff that you don't need to sort of bring inside, I park my boat in the driveway, so I'm, I'm not worried about it. I can just lock it up and, and it's all there ready to go for tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I could, I'd, I'd never get another boat without it. Now, you have started up a uh, an Instagram account, The Outdoor Athlete, and you went fishing with ET earlier in the year. It's something that you'd like to do post-footy, getting into the, the fishing media scene? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that, you know, I would, I would like to do. You know, I sort of sit down ever since I got to the Giants with my manager and that sort of thing. He always asked what I want to do after footy, and I always have no idea. I just like being outdoors. And so it was only sort of six months ago where I decided that I would, you know, make a separate account completely away from my footy one and, and personal life and sort of um, just have it as an outdoor life. Like, this is, this is what I do when I'm outdoors. And, um, yeah, it's sort of, it, it's good. I, I like um, that sort of thing and uh, really enjoyed when it's getting out with ED, ET on the on the Great Barrier Reef and chasing, you know, bigger GTs and, and Spanish mackerel and that sort of thing. So you never really know, but, um, yeah, I, I just thought I'd start it and see where it takes me. Right, let's, I'm not going to talk footy, but I'm talking a couple of players. We, we took big Reese Stanley out a couple, well, probably a couple of years ago now, Pat. And you yeah, took, last year he snapped my rod. Well, that's where I'm he leaning towards. Well, Jez took uh, Big Dawson Simpson out during the week. Well, One of the all-time great humans, Big Dawson. He, uh, he is, uh, actually. Um, he, did he snap any rods or anything? Is it a Ruckman thing? Because you weren't too happy with race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to be careful with the Ruckman, that's for sure. Uh, you can't take too many on because obviously they um, all at once, that is, because um, they weigh so much, but... Yeah, Dawson, he loves it outdoors as well. And uh, we always get away camping and go down to a farm an hour out of town on the, on our day off and, and camp in the swags. I don't know if it's ideal two days out from the game, but, um, you know, <laughs> Absolutely we, we, it is. us country boys sort of, we, we do our thing. And, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously awesome taking um, your friends out and your mates. That's what it's all about. Custom-built sunroof in the boat to take the big boys out? Yeah, I should add that. Dawson can't. I can just stand up. Under the hard top, um, I've got about five mil clearance, but Dawson did by country miles, so I might have to just cut his side out. He's it's actually so- moved in with me for, for a couple of months, so um, to be fair, so he's, he's going to be coming out quite a bit, I think. <laughs> you just got to charge him for fuel though, because he's 150 kegs, so he's, he's going to be ballast in the thing. <laughs> I know, it does. I, I need to. Um, Put the trim tabs down when the big fella comes out. <laughs> um, also, you've got the pooch. It goes everywhere with you. Literally everywhere with you. I'm pretty sure you set it on a, a lot of ducks if you follow the outdoor athlete on um, on social media. But I've got a question. I've got a, uh, I've got a little dog. Um, he's only six months old. He's already 43 kilo. Um, he's paused now above my shoulders now, Patrick. And... Uh, is there any tips on me taking a dog on the boat? Because my dog's not boat? my dog's not that good on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy's um, you know, he's he's not great either on the boat, especially if he gets up a bit choppy. He uh, you know, he sort of puts his tail between his legs and hides up the front. But um yeah, he's he's super he's sort of I've taken him out ever since he was a puppy and um started on my smaller boat. Um but yeah, he loves it. He, he, he knows when we go fishing. As soon as I pick up the fishing rods and take them out at five o'clock in the morning, he's, he's charging around. He knows what he's in for. Well, it's not hard to um, train a dog when you're picking up rods every single day to go fishing. Is it <laughs> repetitive training? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Jez, we appreciate your time for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Phenomenal season on the footy field, but more importantly, Redmond, he's had an unbelievable year off it. Just every every week we're just seeing just new fish every week. Sydney Harbour fishing pretty damn well. Thanks, Jez. Up. Thanks, Jez. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. Cheers. Now it's time. That was, sorry, that was all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Now it's time for Reg Review for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. For store locations, visit thirstycamel.com.au. Now, Redmond, we've had this uh, question sent in consistently, so you've decided to turn it into a review. It is Mono versus Braid in Port Phillip Bay for Snapper. It's going to end up just hate on me on social media, but I'm just going to take it because... I'm just getting warmed up, Pat. Just let me, let me get ready well, for this. Well, this is... And this is your personal opinion. Yeah, so this is my opinion. Other people can do it differently. We know our good mate, uh, Paul Worsling. He only uses mono yep. in the bay. Paul but bay. you and I, we I've have got, different opinion. I've got my uh, reasons, which I'm going to share, to why I why I use braid for snapper in Port Phillip Bay. And I'm not talking my end, as in I refer to the southern end as my little home ground there, a bit like uh, the old GMHBA, which you don't get to play at. Sometimes I've got to travel to... <laughs> sometimes I've got to travel up the bay to find these snapper, and I'm talking Clifton Springs right up to Altona and out of the tide. Not a home game away from home. <laughs> I'm not getting you started. And then I still use braid. I can't stand using mono for snapper in Port Phillip Bay. Now, people will say, oh, you don't fish the top end, you wouldn't know what it's like. I've got news for you. I do. I fish up there a hell of a lot. I do some serious kilometres all around Port Phillip Bay from Carrum to Altona and Clifton Springs is where I hit it really hard in the month of sort of end of September October and there's no tide. So the argument that I've been waiting for is a couple of reasons why I don't like it. First reason is the stretch. Mono. I don't like the stretch. Mono has a 20% stretch give or take either way depending on brands, quality, blah blah blah. It has a lot of stretch. If you're fishing out deep or in 18 metres We'll round it off to 20, and you cast your line out. So what, how average cast? About 25 metres behind the boat? Yep, yep. So you're nearly looking at nearly 50 metres from the boat by the time the bait settles and sinks. Your line's going to be between 40 to 50 metres from you with a nice cast. And if you're not any good, like myself, at uh, at tying a bait to, to hook or threading <laughs> it through, then the simplest of of knocks and taps from a fish that you won't even feel. You, you don't see you, it. Your bait's gone. So what, what you just said then, the stretch comes into play. So your line is having metres and metres of stretch before you actually initially see the bite or hook the fish. And what you just said then with the flathead of the Tim Portfolio Bay, the octopus that steals your bait, whatever it is down there, you don't actually see it. Where the braid has nearly a direct contact, it's under 2%, which means you're nearly smack bang with it. Uh, with your bait, on the feel of the tip of your rod is nearly basically what's happening at the end of where your hook is sitting at. Now... 30 metres below the surface. Well, how many times How many times do you see on social media or you hear people, oh, we got our bag of six fish today and we dropped eight as well. How good's that? Well, I'm thinking it's not good because when you use braid, the hookup is so much better because there's actually no stretch to, to allow the fish to grab it and not pull the hook into the fish or the, the mouth of the fish. Zero point... Da, 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 Whatever one. it is. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. So people are losing so many fish in Port Phillip Bay because of the stretch of the line, I believe. And I have used mono. I used to use it. And my my, my landing rate, my actual hookup and landing the fish rate is incredible. The next benefit is going to drag on for a while. The next... Just on that... Yep. 
When you say braid versus mono and the, the, the lines that you're talking about, you've got to invest money in quality braid. It, it costs money, yep. You don't it, want to use that 1,000 metres for 20 bucks online because it's too thick and it doesn't work. That's exactly what I was about to yep. say. You know, you bend the line and, and you and then you hold it out straight and you can actually see the kids yeah, from you know, in those bends yep. of line because it's just crap. Well, what I use is um, Unitika or Unikita, however you want to pronounce it. That's the, it's, a, it's a very good braid. I use it um, and I really enjoy using it. Another fantastic... Fantastic braid is fins. So now that's you use fins. Yep. Um, you mate Paul uses fins too. It's yep. it's a cheap, not a cheap. It's it's relatively. It still costs money, but it's you cheaper. But it's still very very quality braid. Yep. Very good quality braid. But back to what I was saying though is you you, you land more fish. Um, you can see everything that's going on. Um, people say yeah tangles. I agree. You get a tangle with braid, it can be very hard. But you just don't get tangles. Now that sounds dumb as well because you're always going to get tangles but it's how you lay your rods out so say you say pat and i are fishing you and i are fishing pat we're down at the back of the boat Thank you're on you. the left I'm side in, i'm in the room I you like haven't, haven't fished for a while but we're i'm on the right side we lay the rods out you work as a team you have two people lay the rods out you don't have eight people or four people casting rods wherever they want they it's, one of the, it's one of the big things that you talk about often when you're fishing in port phillip bay for snapper yep is having your snapper racks set out properly yeah exactly snapper racks is i actually don't have them on the, the stabie and i sort of hold off to the snapper season i'm getting them put on and these are actually racks and they do make the difference because whichever way the tide's facing you can angle it and everything's pe- set out properly yeah you can yep. place your pilly first so i run and three unweighted and three unweighted sorry three unweighted and three weighted with a pea sinker they're my baits now i'm not going to get into too many details about your baits but I use 20 to 30 pound braid, which is relatively relatively heavy. It will handle nearly anything you're ever going to catch in Port Phillip Bay. Yep. I've caught thresher sharks. I've caught makos on 30 pound braid. So it's going to handle a lot, but it's thin enough. Um, they say it floats a bit more. It does float a bit more, but it, it, for me, you have that direct contact to where your bait is. It doesn't make a difference because your bait's still falling to the bottom. It, it, the line may float, but it floats, sits above it, and that's where they say you get the tangles from the floating of the bait. If you set your rods out properly, you're going to get minimal tangles, Pat. You really, really are. This is a hot topic. I believe I can change a lot of people to enjoying the fight of the fish. You fight a fish on mono, it is, it is rubbish, Pat. Fighting a fish on mono is rubbish to compare to fighting a fish on braid. And people get worried because they don't want to lose the fish so they're just sort of just sometimes it's like oh my god what do i do get it and the panic of it yeah yeah well but like i said the the direct contact and how much enjoyable the fight is on braid is 10 to 1 i think no one will argue that bit but if you're up the top end of the bay understand how to bridle and favor your boat slightly to the to whichever way a lot of people just go out there throw the picking on the fish and they think they're on the fish the fish are behind them but they're not the fish that the fish might be behind them but their baits are actually laying underneath the boat with the outgoing tide. If you move your boat over 30 metres and drop pack past those fish and slightly angle your boat with the bridle, you can then on top of the fish. So you shouldn't be getting much more tangles. If you do, yes, I agree. It's a bit harder to get out, but it's all worth it for all the benefits you're going to catch. You're going to catch a lot more fish. You're going to enjoy the fight a lot more. I'm still running a 40-pound mono leader onto that braid pat. I'm still running that mono leader because you need the leader. Yep. Common sense. But... Give it a go this year. Even if you just take two rods out and kick them out a bit further than your mono rods, just see how you go. And trust me, I reckon you'll um you really start to enjoy and welcome braid onto the vessel a little bit more. I like it, Redmond. That is Red Review for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. For store locations, visit thirstycamel.com.au. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern. 
You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Redmond, I think I'm going to have to uh, join in on Hutchie's Super Bowl tour this year. I see it every year, and my pats have, and I'm calling them my pats because I've, uh, you know, been a very long <laughs> and supportive. I don't even know what you're Patriots talking about right now. Well, the NFL season's just kicked off over in the states uh, earlier in the week. Pats just uh, getting it done against the Steelers early on. You're not interested in the sort of I think it's NFL stupid. and well, not interested. Stupid game. Borderlines with NRL. <laughs> you can't say that. We're broadcasting in New South Wales. They've just lost all the New South Wales people then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're very tough and strong, a bit like these guys. But it's too no, that game there's too stop and start for me. It's just it's it's like they just spend more time standing there looking at each other than they do actually doing anything. All right, well, there's the gaff. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking about NFL because you've got no interest in it. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Take your New Age Caravan experience to the next level. New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. Redmond, yes. Red's tip. My turn. All right. This snapper season, mm-hmm. I want you, if you are listening right now, including yourself. Yeah. I know you do it already. So just give it a go with the braid, two rods, and just, I want to see a text message off anyone or a message on social media just saying to me how well, I was right or wrong. I want, to, I want to see it. So the thing that I think is important when to consider that is just the quality of braid that you're using. Yep. Like you said, you can buy a thousand meters on eBay for $14. <laughs> And it is absolute crap. It's as thick as a rope that I tie <laughs> my boat so up with. Thick. <laughs> so just it's nylon thread. It pretty much is. And I don't. Yeah, just spend a little bit of money. You got Jade Braid from um, Daiwa. You've got Finn's Braid. You've got um, the braid I use, which is the Unikita. Um, any tackle stall salad or can get it in. If you're going to spend a few hundred bucks on a reel, a few hundred bucks on a rod, spending an extra sixty to a hundred on line that. If you're not, if you don't fish all that often, if you it's going to last you a long time anyway. That's it's, right. It's an investment in your well, fishing. And people are always whinging to me, going, "Oh, braid, you got to change all the time." Well, I hope you don't, because I haven't changed mine on my reels for about five seasons, so um, <laughs> I haven't got no issues, and I use it every day. So, another good tip with braid, what you can do is you back it with mono if you don't, if you only want to have a hundred meters. If you're fishing just purely for snapper, just put a hundred meters on, and if you buy a three hundred meter spool, that'll give you three reels done with back with mono just yep. to fill your reel up because you want your reel as full as you want it um, as full as it can go sorry um, but you know what else you can do halfway next season swap your braid around so put the bottom onto the top and the top onto the bottom like so you can swap around then you get double the use but um, anyway my tip for the week that was just a little bit of a pump up but the tip for the week is cooking fish it's something we probably don't talk about enough Pat because it's um it's a big part of why we go fishing. A lot of why we go fishing. I'm fortunate enough to share with a lot of people fish, and there were people always asking, "How do you cook it?" And usually, you just say on something hot, and that doesn't get you anywhere because they think you're smart. But cooking these, cooking a fish with batter on it, is crucial. Now, good friend of the show, Sam Goodwin, ex Master Chef contestant, uh, my old housemate, Sammy, taught me this trick to make it crumble like glass. Is I'm not telling you. <laughs> South raising flour, a yep. cup of south raising flour, and rice flour. The rice flour turns the when you put it mixed with the south raising, it makes it shatter. So it 
Do you know when you get, you get that crumbly? Yeah, you get the real crackly, crumbly effect rather than uh, rather than a damp. Because what quite often when you cook batter in that south raising, it'll hold moisture, yep. and you put it on your plate and it gets soggy very quickly. Yeah. Where this rice flour, what it does is it makes it turn to glass. Basically, the more you put in, the more crackly it's going to be. So Sam's perfect recipe, which works for me, is a cup of south raising flour, half a cup of rice flour. Do your maths if you're adding more or less. Um, and I just always quite often drop a little bit more rice flouring because I like it a bit more crackly, a bit more crumbly. So it's a good little tip for you. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. It's time for the Flying Gaff for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Now, Redman, you would have noticed and seen during the week that a Perth fisherman is lucky to be alive after a close encounter with a four-and-a-half-metre great white. Now, our good mate, we have never actually met him, um, <coughs> but he likes diving in the outdoors, so he must be a friend of Real Adventures. Joe... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Petrovic um, was diving off a boat about two k's from Perth coastline when, when a four and a half meter great white uh, started circling. Now he captured it on film, and we've obviously seen the vision. It does come up to him, and he pokes it. So the gaff this week goes to Joe, or goes to the shark. In fact, um, the first thing that you said to me was, "How lucky was he?" And not lucky the fact that he was alive, but lucky that he got, yeah, to, got to see. He was in there for nine and a half minutes. It's something that I've. Always sort of... And you genuinely mean it. Oh, no, I genuinely do. Um, I don't know how I'd go doing it, but in my head, I want to... I'd love to be in the... I I like everything. I love diving. It's my favourite thing to do. I like seeing everything underwater. Um, The only thing I don't like underwater is stingrays because they scare you and they keep attacking you. You sure a four and a half metre great one that opens its mouth? For me, when it happens, I'll probably crap my deck. So I know something's going to happen like that one day, whether it's that tiger shark or a flathead. But, yeah... I reckon it'd be awesome to see in the water. Awesome to swim with them. Awesome. Imagine seeing that thing in its own element doing what it does. I totally agree. But oh, don't get me wrong. I'd I, I, <laughs> I could. You can watch it on GoPro later. I could. I, I guess say it now. I'd love to be in the water and do that. I know that he didn't mean it, but whether I did it or not, it's two different things. It'll come down to the chance I have, but I don't know. I'll, we'll see one day. Um one final gaff. Um, I have just reminded myself upon this. Oh, uh, I don't even know what this is. Well, Stephen Harmison during the week, uh, the uh, English cricketer, that is only... Um, oh, well done to re- the Aussies as well. That is only remembered uh, for bowling, you know, his first delivery that landed at second slip for his entire test career. <laughs> just having a go at uh, our man, the GOAT, Steve Smith, talking about... Had a go at, how, go at him. Yeah, about being a cheat, and that's all he'll ever be remembered for. Coming from a bloke that... The Did only- Steve Smith cheat? That the only remember the only way that we remember him is he hit second slip with the first delivery of an Ashes series. So, uh, Steve Harmison, you can piss off, mate. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions, we're going fishing. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.